This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Oh, yes, yes, Canty. We've got news all over the place, and the NFL is heating up before the league year starts next week. We've got options being picked up. We've got guys retiring, and that's just in the last 20 minutes. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Christopher Davidson Canty. I reached down and that's all there was. What do you got today, bud? Yeah, I think you used Davidson already this I week. I have. So, yeah, I reached I, down I and there was nothing that. there. <laughs> yeah, I'm so disappointed in you. That's really, really lazy on your part. <laughs> Christopher McCourty Canty. Yeah, there you go. Why don't because, you go with one of your Rutgers guys? Well, because Devin McCourty in the last few minutes just announced his retirement. But Canty even... So when, th- so when, is, so, so when is the NFL Network going to announce that they hired Devin McCourty? Uh, it should be about five minutes. <laughs> okay, got it. All right. That's going to happen soon. <laughs> you know there's going to be some sort of twin show that they're going to oh, have. Of course, Jay you know Mack that. and Dev, that, that's yeah. happening. They've already uh, got that teed up. He's been is. sitting in as a guest on that show anyway. So, <laughs> But enough about that. we got plenty of other AFC East news to get to. We do as we continue to wait on Aaron Rodgers. There's a America that. held hostage. You know, those things are just out of my control. By Aaron Rodgers. Day 61. We'll get to that in a few minutes. It is day 61 as we wait, and we wait, and we wait. But Canty, the news in the last 20 minutes or so, that Tua Tungavailoa had his fifth-year option picked up by the Miami Dolphins. What does that mean? It means a guaranteed $23.6 million for the 2024 season. Wow. 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 The Dolphins said that when Lamar Jackson uh, officially became somebody that they could talk to, they let it be known right away that they weren't going to be. Canty, Tua is back, and I, I'm I'm really surprised that they would pick up this option. Well, I guess it, it makes sense that the Dolphins came out earlier this week and said that they were going to be out on Lamar Jackson because – they're backing their guy to it. Clearly, they believe in him, and I guess he's given them enough evidence based on what we saw on the field for them to give him the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the injury concerns. But, big fella, I, I don't know that I would make that same decision if you just look at the history of it. I know that I Tua wouldn't. Has, Tua, Tua hasn't played a full season since 2018. That was in Alabama his second year. He hadn't played a full season since then. That's a long time. I I just don't understand how they could do it. Now, listen, he led the league in passer rating. The team still made the playoffs largely in part because of how good he was when he was in the lineup. I mean, think about this. He missed parts of six games this year, but seven of the 11 games that he started and finished, he had a passer rating over 100. So it's not as if the guy can't play. He checked that box in terms of being – an above-average quarterback. He was a damn good quarterback. He was an MVP candidate in the middle of the season. That's how good he was with the weapons that they put around him. But he's not in the lineup consistently enough to warrant that type of commitment, especially when you have other options in the marketplace, either via trade or free agency. I I just – I can't believe – that the Miami Dolphins and Chris Greer are going to back Tua to this degree. I, I, I mean, I could understand going into 2023 as the starter, 
but there's no way that I'm saying we're going to sign up to have this guy beyond 2023. Carlin, we don't, and I, and I hate to say it this way, but based on the history with the injuries and the concussions specifically, we don't even know if he's going to be able to play football beyond 2023. No, we don't, and that's the problem. Look, Canty and I, all season, were on to a because we didn't think he was good enough to win with the Dolphins consistently. Yeah. I, I have to take my hat off to him because when he was on the field, he played pretty darn well with a couple of exceptions along the way. And yeah, there, frankly, there were a couple of games, like the 49ers game, there was yep. a hiccup. The Green Bay Packers game wasn't great. Yep. Like, there, there were a couple of games in there where he just didn't play well. Right. But, and, but, but, but by and large, when he was in the lineup, the guy was lights out and the offense was damn near unstoppable. Yeah, and listen, I'll, I'll give him all the credit in the world. Personally, I still wasn't convinced that he was the long-term answer just if he was healthy. But I know that Canty, with him not being healthy, I don't know how you justify this decision. I really don't. And if we're going to start getting into the discussion that we have around Lamar Jackson, well, this is this not personal, it's business. It, well, if it's business... The good business decision was to not pick up that option. Mm. The The good business decision was to not have you on the hook for $23.6 million, uh, in, in at least in salary cap, when you don't know if the guy can play beyond this season. And look, we know he had two. He could have potentially had three concussions in one year. We know from the science, although we still don't know everything that we need to when it comes to concussions, but we do know this, when you get one, you get two, you get three, it gets easy and easier to pick up four, five, and six. It is much easier for that to happen. There was a moment on the field this year in Cincinnati where you genuinely wondered, is this guy legitimately okay? I mean, his hands were doing, what was it called, the freezing? Fencing. They're fencing. 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 They're frozen. Right. Yeah. Yep. I, there was there was a moment. Wait a minute, what's going on here? Is this, is this guy going to be able to get up at all? What's happening? I don't know where the Dolphins can honestly make this decision. Now, look, it's not like they could sit there and say, "Well, we picked up his option, but we can go draft a quarterback." You don't have a first round pick, boys. Yeah, you couldn't even talk to Lamar until after the draft because you don't have a first round pick. Like, there's no. Canty, did Skylar Thompson show you enough that you actually believe in him? I mean, he... No, no this is not Kyler Thompson. No. This is, we're rolling with Tua and everything else. No, but else I mean, as your, even as your insurance policy, well, I wouldn't even insur- say that. Your, ins- your insurance policy is if Tua ends up missing a substantial portion of the season because of injury or because of concussion, then you're probably going to be picking pretty high up in 2024's draft. And I think that has to be the logic in that. I'd be curious to know how the guaranteed fifth-year option could potentially affect the salary cap if Tua has to step away from football. But I, I have I, about, I, I reached out to Mike Tannenbaum to get an answer on that. Yeah, so and, we'll and, wait. But, but, but here's the thing. Think about this. You're rolling with this guy, and you don't even know if he's going to be able to continue his football career beyond 2023 because of the severity of the concussions that he was dealing with this year. That is a scary proposition. That's a that's a tough spot to be in. Now, I get it. He's your guy this year, 
and it makes sense from a financial standpoint if he can be healthy to exercise the fifth-year option because it's a whole lot cheaper than doing what the New York Giants did with Daniel Jones. But at the same time, it's it's an awfully big gamble. If And based on the injury history, how could you have any degree of confidence that it's going to work out? It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Here's what I don't understand, though, and maybe you can clarify it for me, right? There will be those who say that $23.6 million for a quarterback, oh, no big deal. Yeah. That, that, that's fine. I understand where quarterback pay is these days, but we're not talking about a long-term contract here. We're talking about a team that is ready to win in the short term. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about a team that went out and made all the moves that they did to win in the short term. So let's look at this for a moment. How do you justify this when you put it up against all of the other moves that you have made and you are trying to win and you know that with one hit it's over? How, how do you how do you really uh, make the, any kind of sense out of that? Like this is to me why I never understood why they would immediately say, "Well, we have no interest in Lamar Jackson. Well, we we have no interest in anybody else. He's our guy." You know, maybe they made one last call to Brady to make sure that Tom was absolutely retired for good. But, Canty, where does throwing away $23.6 million, where does that jive with, I'm ready to give away my season with everything I've done in the last two years uh, to make sure that I could go and win a Super Bowl now? Where does that exactly match up? Because I don't see it. It doesn't, but I think this team decided that this is where they're going to put all of their chips in Tua. And let's keep this in mind. Tua is Chris Greer's draft pick, right? Tua is the guy that he took uh, instead of Justin Herbert, who went a pick later to the Chargers at number six overall. So every general manager wants to look to justify the decisions that they make, and this is in part them doing that, justifying the decision to draft Tua by surrounding him with all of the weapons that they did this past year, going out and getting Tyreek Hill, going out and signing Teron Armstead, going out and signing Connor Williams, what they did at the running back spot. All of those moves were to support the decision to draft Tua and to see if he could become their franchise quarterback. And in in the middle of the season, they saw enough to warrant them trading a first-round pick for Bradley Chubb. They, they, they yeah. feel like this is their window now to compete for a championship. And so I think this fifth-year option is an extension of the work that they started last offseason. The only thing I would say to that is, <clears throat> if you're wrong, then all of a sudden your, your team is going into a rebuild a hell of a lot quicker than anybody could have anticipated. Well, Canty, it's funny. All week long I've heard people talk about the risk, the risk, the risk with Lamar Jackson. That's not risk. This is risk. This is risk. This, this is legitimate this is risk. risk. So if I'm going to hear risk. Dolphin fans talk about, no, you don't want to bring him in because he could get hurt too easily. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Explain yeah. that one to me. Because yeah. this is much riskier than anything any team would consider doing with Lamar Jackson right now. Yeah, and you have to think about the expectations for this year too, right? What, what are you now What are you now doing with the Miami Dolphins? Where, where do they sit in the AFC landscape? Where are they in the AFC East? I, I, I don't know what this does for them in terms of changing the perception of who they are and what we're to make of them because 
They're saying that they believe in Tua to be their quarterback, but we all know that this is a player that hasn't been healthy in each of the three seasons that he's played in the National Football League. I don't know what to make of the Miami Dolphins. I really don't. I have no idea, but with them pushing all their chips into the Tua basket, this is a team that believes that they can compete for a championship. I just don't know how we can say with any degree of confidence that they are contenders because you don't know if the quarterback is going to be healthy and in the lineup. Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance for a job you'll love. Visit Progressive.com slash careers. Their options aren't great. The Jets are this a very difficult situation to be in. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a free agent. He will be an option if and when free agency begins, if they haven't made a decision. The Jets have remained zeroed in on Aaron Rodgers. That's been the case. He's been their primary option A. Jimmy G's a guy, not hard to manage, will be great in the locker room. The Jets were given some signal that they'd be best served waiting it out for Aaron Rodgers. Well, here we are, Canty. Here we are. The AFC East quarterback central, right? We're waiting on Aaron Rodgers to get his mind made up as we continue, continue to be held hostage by Green Bay's quarterback for yet again the third consecutive year. Canty, you know, when you look at the Jets and what their expectations are, I think the, the the expectations of that organization and certainly of the owner are to contend for a championship if they are to land Aaron Rodgers. But at the same time, I think it's an unrealistic expectation because as much as we believe the Jets have a lot of talent outside of the quarterback spot right now, when we look around the AFC, even if you add Aaron Rodgers to that group, you are still sitting around at five, six, seven at best in that conference. Well, if you add Aaron Rodgers, wouldn't you have to say the Dolphins are the favorite in the AFC East? I anticipate Buffalo taking a step back with all of the free agents that they have coming up. I, they're not going to yeah. be able to retain most of those guys. So I, I, I could see I guess that I team would. taking a bit of a step back. I don't know what to make of the New England Patriots, even though they do have a real offensive coordinator in the building now with Billy O. I, I mean, you have to look at the Jets just based on their defense and competent quarterback play alone and say that team would be the favorite. Think about it. Do you trust the Miami Dolphins? You can't say you trust them, even though they are saying that they trust their quarterback. I don't trust them to be able to stay healthy. So, yeah, I think if you add Aaron Rodgers – they're the favorite in the AFC East, but I don't know how much how different I would feel, big fella, if they signed Derek Carr. I would still probably say they would be the favorite in that division. So it, it's interesting that they're trying to go through the 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 process of procuring Aaron Rodgers and, and making him their quarterback. I don't know if it necessarily changes the ceiling on what this team is going to be. Can they win the division? Sure. Can they compete for a title? I'm not ready to go there, even with the addition of Rodgers. So, just to be clear, if they had added Carr, you'd feel the same way you would as they as if they add Rodgers. Yeah, I would look okay. at them as the favorite in the AFC East. Yeah, I, I listen. I I get I get that with Rodgers. My problem here is something that we all just seem to be ignoring and taking for granted, and that's the fact that this is a quarterback who's 39 years old who clearly has a lot of other things on his mind right now and is not 
singularly focused like we saw with Tom Brady, and we keep Canty as a group, as a society, frankly, of football fans, assigning this probability, not possibility anymore, but probability that Aaron Rodgers is going to continue to play at a high level at 39, 40, 41, 42 years old because of Tom Brady. When in fact, this past season, if we're being truthful, he took a major, major step back after winning the MVP two years in a row. Now, people are going to try and tell me that, oh, he broke his thumb. He was out there playing with that. He was out there. That's what matters. If mm-hmm. it's, Are you injured or are you hurt? Because if you're injured, you shouldn't be out there. Otherwise, how else am I supposed to judge you? Am I supposed to throw you a lifeline every single time? No. I look at what he did this past season, and I look at what his lack of interest was uh, before the season. I don't know why I'm supposed to operate under the assumption that he immediately makes them a Super Bowl contender, let alone winning the division. Would I say that they are probably the favorites. I I guess that I would in the AFC East, but I I can't sit here and say, oh, God, yes, no question. Absolutely. Can't do it. No, I can't do it either. And and, and here's the thing. I I look at them as a team that can get to the postseason, as a team that might be able to win a postseason game, but that would be in line with what we saw from the New York Giants. That's kind of how I view them. Now, is Aaron Rodgers – you know, a markedly better quarterback than Daniel Jones. There's no question about that. But in terms of the upside of the team and the difficulty of the conference, I, I have trouble putting them in that realm with the the Kansas City Chiefs or the Cincinnati Bengals, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have trouble putting them in that those spaces with those teams. I, I just do. And so um, I, I like – what Aaron Rodgers would bring to the table over what the Jets had to deal with at quarterback last year. But to your point, you can't ignore how quickly we've seen quarterbacks in the past fall off when they go into their age 40 season or later. As a matter of fact, Carlin, when you look at the NFL in the history of the league, you've had 22 quarterbacks play in their age 40, age, at age 40 or older. Of those 22, only two of those quarterbacks have had a passer rating in their 40s that would be above what league average was last year. Those two quarterbacks, Tom Brady and Drew Brees. That's the list. That's right. I, 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 I have trouble assigning that level of productivity to Aaron Rodgers, especially when we know that Aaron Rodgers in the offseason hasn't shown himself to be as disciplined as those other two quarterbacks. Listen, we all expect that we're going to get a decision here soon, but... I don't know that we can assume anything at this point. America held hostage. You know, these things are just out of my control. By Aaron Rodgers. Day 61. And so we wait. And if we have news, of course, we will bring it to you immediately. Canty, we are just getting started on a jam-packed program today. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The college basketball season is in the home stretch, and that means the Wendy's Wooden Watch has begun. Go to ESPN.com, search the Wooden Watch for the list of Wooden Award nominees to watch as the season rolls on. Brought to you by Wendy's. Two for six bucks, the best deal in fast food. Well, this week in college basketball, we saw a legend call it a career. Up next, a man who has to step into those shoes will join us. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. There's always been a hot ticket at Syracuse, to be sure. To see the Orange play basketball, especially the last 47 years with Jim Beheim. As the head coach, and now there is a new head coach. Hot Ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats Rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app on your smart speaker as well. We are joined by the new head coach of the Syracuse Orange men's basketball team. That is Adrian Autry, who joins us right now. Nobody knows Jim Beheim better, uh, having played for him and been on his staff over the last 11 years, and now he takes over for him. Adrian, we appreciate a few minutes. Congratulations. And just what does it mean for you to take over for the legend that is Jim Beheim at Syracuse? It's an honor. You know, I'm, I'm super excited. Um, it's an honor. I'm humbled um, that a coach, you know, uh, entrusted me with the program moving it forward. So I'm just excited and ready to go. Adrian, it's never easy to replace uh, a legend, especially one that's been as tenured as Jim Beheim at Syracuse. How much pressure do you feel taking over for somebody that's been there <laughs> nearly five decades? You know, it's always going to be pressure when you get any type of job. So I don't look at it like that. You know, the one thing, you know, <clears throat> that I that I don't try to do is try to live up to us, anyone else's standards, or especially not coaches' standards. So, <laughs> you know, um, actually, I, you know, I set my own standards and, uh, you know, I'm going to, you know, uh, it's enough pressure as it is just to be good and win. So, you know, I don't put any more added pressure on myself. Adrian Autry, new head coach at Syracuse, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Uh, tell me about the impact that he's had on you as a coach and what you've taken from the last 11, 12 years in particular that has prepared you for this job. You know, coaches allowed me to grow um, as a coach under him. You know, he's given me a lot of responsibilities, but the things that really stick out to me um, that I think or carry over into this program is, 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 uh, certain characteristics that he, that he's shown, you know, which is, you know, resilient, determined, you know, always, you know, consistent, you know, he just gives me great characters, characteristic traits of what it takes to be successful. And those are the things that I've really taken um, from him, not the X and O's parts, you know, it's just really those things, the other, the other things that make you good. 
Adrian, the way things ended for Coach Beheim felt awkward and unceremonious. I, I guess his commentary after the loss in the conference tournament left more questions than answers. Can you share your perspective on how everything went down? You know, uh, the one thing I'll say is, um, <clears throat> you know, that was not a discussion that I was involved in. You know, uh, the one thing is that, uh, you know, once, you know, it was moving towards uh, me beginning the job, that's kind of where I kind of jumped in at. So that was really above me. And that wasn't I wasn't a part of that discussion. And I'm just happy to be named the next head coach. Adrian, what were your what have your discussions been with like with Coach Beheim over the last week as this kind of has unfolded? Uh, very, very complimentary. Um, just kind of, uh, you know, talking to, you know, talking about what I need to do, uh, giving me some advice, me bouncing some things off of him. Um, but it's also been a busy week for me, busy two days for me. So I haven't had too much interaction. You know, I've kind of seen him in passing. But I'm sure at some point we'll sit down in the next, you know, once this thing dies down, we'll sit down and, you know, I'm sure I have some questions for him and he'll be able to, you know, add some more things to me. Adrian, what do you see as your biggest challenge in getting this program back to where the administration and where the fans want it to be? Wow, that's a good question. I think, uh, you know, obviously the one thing that people want to see right away is the the win total results in the win total. Um, I think if I can retain this team, uh, I think we'll kind of hit the ground running next year. Um, And I think that'll kind of take care of everything else. You know, just along those lines, how much trickier is it to step into this job than maybe it would have been a few years ago b- before all of the challenges of NIL and all those things that have now come into play? And yeah, it would have been a little bit easier. Um, obviously, you know, me being here, being at the job, and me having relationships with, with, the, with the players, um, I think that makes the transition a lot smoother. But again, you know, NIL and transfer portal, you know, those are the things that we're dealing with now. Um, and so we're trying to uh, get a feel and gather um, as much information so we can, you know, kind of manage our roster. And then not only am I doing that, I mean, all college programs in the country are doing that right now. Listen, Coach, we appreciate the time. Best of luck as you take over uh, at Syracuse and trying to get it back to where you, you all envision it being. Thanks. Thank you. Take care. Adrian Autry, new head coach in Syracuse. Listen. It's not going to be easy to get it back there, especially now with everything that's involved. But at the same time, it's important that uh, they get somebody in there who's very familiar with the uh, entire area, kind of knows the landscape. I think that was very important as far as hitting the ground running. Meantime, let's hit some calls at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Lots of calls on Aaron Rodgers, lots of calls on Tua Tungavailoa. Let's hit Sam up first in Memphis on ESPN Radio. Hey, Sam, what's going on? Hey, we're going out, guys. I love the show. Hey, look, I'm missing something. If I'm not mistaken, in order to make a trade for someone, you have to be below the salary cap for one day. Aren't you just almost like $40 million from being able to sign Aaron? How many good players are going to have to give away? Because they go, if they trade somebody, they're going to have to take some contracts back. And then so- he won't even play with them when they lose all this talent. Sam, Sam. first of all, it's not, it's not like the NBA where you have to match salaries when you're making a trade. Second part about that is when this trade takes place, there will be some restructuring of the contract. They'll, they'll figure out a way to manipulate the contract as such where the Jets don't have to make any consequential cuts 
in terms of their future plans for their roster. So I, I, I don't envision this being as much of a hurdle as a lot of people are making it out to be. I think the biggest sticking point when it comes to the contract for Rodgers is how much money Green Bay is going to have to eat versus what the Packers are going to ask the Jets to take on. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, 888-729-3776, 888-SAY-ESPN. Does Aaron Rodgers immediately make the Jets the team to beat in the AFC East if they get this done? And with the Dolphins now committing the fifth-year option at $23.6 million guaranteed to Tua, are they making the right decision given his injury history and specifically over the last year. We're hitting your calls. Lines are open now. Good time to get through at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It's almost tournament time. Tune in tonight. It's Big 12 semifinals. Coverage begins 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Another weapon is looking for a home, and today a showcase for teams interested. And trust me, there are plenty. That's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. You guys are red hot. Let's go. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80D in Texas, up first on ESPN Radio. D, what do you got for us today? Hey, how you doing, Chris? Chris, man, um, real quick on Aaron Rodgers. You know, I, it's amazing I got into the show today. Because I wanted so much to call you guys during the season last year after Green Bay lost that game to uh, Philadelphia and uh, you and Canty, uh, you guys were talking about A-Rod should set out the rest of the season and gave, gave Jordan Glove a look. Do you realize I wanted to call y'all so bad and bust y'all's bubble, but then they go out and lose the last freaking game to the Lions. Do you know <laughs> how, how bad that would have Hey, you know, hey, I tried to get into the show and I couldn't, and then by the time I could, it was too late, but... Uh, one thing on him, man, if he would have set out last year and let Love play those last five or six games, him making $50 million sitting on the sideline, and, and Candy, you, especially you as a player, y'all would have killed him for sitting out making $50 million. And because, you know, player, players want to play, and I applaud the guy last year for wanting to play, for wanting to play. I know they lost to Detroit the last game of the season, but make a long story short, if he goes to New York, and can bring a uh, say an Odell, Hopkins, or even an Adam Thielen type receiver with him to go with those weapons they have. Man, I think they'll do damage because, uh, frankly, I think he's the best store of the football. And I want to tell my inner Stephen A. But I think he's the best store of the football and one of the best quarterbacks I've seen in my lifetime. Man, I'm 48 years old, so uh, I think I think that he will uh, transform the Jets. What are you guys' opinion? Listen, I think we're at a point where. If we're talking about transforming the Jets, we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers. If mm. we're talking about having a better option, Canty, than they have right now, well, I can't argue that. They're yeah. a better team with him on the field. Of but that's a are. low bar to clear when you talk about exactly. Mike White or Zach Wilson. Exactly. So, so I don't know. I, I'm with you. I don't think it's transforming the Jets, but I do think it does change the perception of the Jets and expectations going into 2023. I think they take a drastic leap. And the thing that I'm most curious to see if this move does go down is how the young core of players from the Jets handle being the team that everybody circles and puts a bullseye on their back. Like that, that That's the interesting thing. How do you handle being the hunted versus being the hunter? Mm-hmm. 
That yeah. would be that would be interesting because it, it is, there's a learning curve that comes along with competing for championships. You just don't show up one year and you're making a Super Bowl run. It takes time to get to the point where you can actually win the last game of the season. If you don't believe me, ask the Cincinnati Bengals from a couple of years ago. They got oh. to the big game and you saw that the team that had been there five years before in the, in the or four years before in the Los Angeles Rams, that championship pedigree that 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 learning that they did from that experience in 2018 was what propelled them in the second half of that Super Bowl so all I'm simply saying is this can Rodgers get them to the postseason and end the NFL's longest postseason drought sure do I expect Rodgers in year one to win a championship like we saw with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers absolutely not Joe's in Florida next on ESPN radio hey Joe what do you got today bud hey Good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. I think the um, the Jets brass, as they're being called, they're making a huge mistake by going after Rodgers. And give me a minute, I'll explain. Rodgers' best years are behind him. Yeah, he's great. He's got a great record and all that. But compared to Lamar Jackson, Lamar's got much more trajectory. He's got much more to, to offer. He's a better person. And... Um, the Jets ought to break the bank, give Lamar more money than Deshaun, because this is what's going to happen. Deshaun will, Deshaun, uh, Lamar is being mistreated. And once Woody breaks the bank and goes after him, he's going to feel wanted and validated. And then he's going to come to New York and he's going to give New York what Tom Brady gave to New England. All right, Joe, not gonna... here's, here's my question, and, and Canty, I'll ask it in two-pronged form to you, okay? If you're Baltimore right now, what is the number guarantee? I don't think he's going to get north of 230, okay? I do mm-hmm. think he can get north of 200. Yeah. What is the number that Baltimore is uncomfortable with that the Jets could put there if it's not 230, that would get the job done? And secondly, and I think I know the answer to this because I know what it is for me, when we talk about Rodgers not being able to transform what the Jets are, when we look at the rest of the AFC, well, can Lamar Jackson do that? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I do think Lamar Jackson can transform the New York Jets. As do I. Because all of a sudden you're talking about having, you know, a six to eight year window to compete for a championship because you're getting the player, an MVP, in the heart of his prime. Uh, And when you think about the weapons that Lamar Jackson would have to work with in New York, they're better than anything he's had in five seasons with the Baltimore Ravens. Am I wrong? No. So, so yeah, I, I, I actually like that direction. And it, it actually plays into the identity, the DNA of the team. They want to run the football. They want to play good defense. Lamar Jackson compliments that because he can be a focal point in the running game. But I think it makes them much more explosive on the offensive end, especially in the vertical passing game as well, because that's one of the underrated aspects of Lamar Jackson's game. People talk about Lamar Jackson. Oh, he's not the most accurate quarterback. Lamar Jackson hits people over the top when it comes to intended air yards last season alone Lamar Jackson was top 10 in the National Football League so listen you have to look at it from that perspective this guy can make it happen if you have the weapons around him Baltimore has just struggled to put those pieces in place but but they haven't had the weapons and he still won an MVP 
<laughs> there you this go. Is, this is the point. And they look, if you, you want to look at the last couple of years, well, look, then he went 16 and 13, or then he went, whatever it was, 17 and 7 last year. It's fine. Again, when you don't have those things around you, you have to go and try to do more. Yeah. And he did. And in most cases, he did more. And I think your point is just so well-founded that people seem to forget. There are teams that are win-right-now teams. And then there are teams that are win-now and the next couple of years teams. And that's the New York Jets. And that's the way it needs to be approached. It's not just about closing the gap on those four teams, five teams in the AFC, Canty. Mm -hmm. It's about closing the gap over the next few years. And if you're the Jets, Aaron Rodgers doesn't even get you there this year. Whereas Lamar Jackson can get you there this year and for the next several. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.